0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the anchor.fm recording platform.
2: This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today.
3: Welcome to the reel down, on Adlin Finn, with your hosts Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. All right, welcome back to The Reel Down with me and my my co-host, new co-host here, Jimmy. Glad to have you on a a second week. I'm glad you decided to stay around.
4: (laughs) Can't run me off that easy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it'll it'll take a while. I I might get there. I'll I'll push you off.
4: I don't know. We keep having all these awesome people on. I'll, I'll stick around.
3: Yeah, Wes, if you're watching on YouTube, you can already see that Tonight we have a big night. We wanted to have—we're talking about sponsors, so we wanted to have two people on the show who are kind of who are doing it right, who are setting the example for all the other anglers. So we have Mr. Greg Blanchard, Dr. Blanchard, and
2: and Christine
3: Fisher. So thank y'all for being on the show.
2: Thanks for having us.
5: Thank you for having
2: yeah. me. Yeah, no
4: problem, man, I'm glad we were able to get in touch with you. Greg, Greg's a hard person to get in touch with, man
5: yeah and it's i i yeah we can go into that but uh i (laughs) I always make the joke that i'm like a terrible social media person but we can talk about that later which probably doesn't man you got you sponsorship thing
4: yeah you you got youtube down you're good (laughs) yeah
3: well they uh so so tonight we're talking about sponsors and it's really kind of everything from you know the top to bottom and, and we got some uh some questions from some other people and just kind of wanted to go over some things. So, uh, I'll, I'll let Jimmy start off. I'm sure he's got a good one.
4: Yeah. So really the, just to start it off kind of simple. So like for, for me, I never thought it would get to the level of picking up any kind of sponsors anything. That's not what I got into it for. So for both of y'all, like when you got started was what was like your, did you have bigger goals for it? Was it just for fun and it just led into it? And then how did you carry yourself once you got that first offer? Like how'd that go? Either one of y'all can start.
5: Go for it, Christine.
2: Okay. Um, for me, you know, I, have obviously, I fished my whole life and it was never in the back of my mind. It was never something that I wanted to make a business out of, um, initially at all. Um, I did it cause I loved it. And the more I started doing it, the more I started sharing doors just kind of started to open. Um, I've never been the type of person that has um, thought after or felt comfortable seeking after companies and looking for pro staffs or sponsorships uh, that's never really been my thing um, and actually when I first kind of started getting a lot of you know offers from people I turned a lot of them almost all of them down uh, I had a, I have a different philosophy when it comes to sponsorships uh, very different than I think what a lot of people probably have but when I first got my 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 first really good, um, legitimate offer that kind of met all the criteria that I was looking for. It's like, it just kind of, it's like, once you get the first one, it's all downhill from there. And I think, I think a lot of people kind of will agree with you on that, but it, yeah, it was never, I, I didn't even know sponsorships existed. I just love to fish and I love to write. A lot of my paid stuff was through my writing. Um, mm. but I never thought I could make a, a job out of fishing. So and I don't really think you can call that a job, <laughs> but you know. i doing what you Greg love, and it makes
3: you a little money, sure.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and it, before Greg answers. answers.
3: Rick, are you doing okay after your wreck last week?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. I'm. am I'm, I'm sore. I mean, I'm feeling it. But my goodness, I'm just. I'm just very grateful to be here. Um, I probably shouldn't yeah. be after that. So, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> tough to kill. I think. So. <laughs> I'm just. Happy to, I'm happy to be How here.
4: How far down the road, off the road, did you go?
2: Well, it was a mountain road. So it was a, it was a pretty much a straight drop, um, maybe yeah. 20 feet or so. But the trees stopped me from going any further that my truck hit. So that was, uh, it was, it landed. I know you guys probably saw the pictures, but it, it rolled yeah. completely over and then up on its side. Um, Jeez. So yeah, wow. my seatbelt definitely saved my life there.
5: All right, yeah, Greg, yeah. how about you? uh yeah kind of similar to christine i mean i in the grand scheme of things i'm pretty new to sponsorships i think last year was the first year i actually had some formal sponsorships but uh yeah i before that i really didn't know what they were i i just wasn't aware because i think like everyone we're we like we love fishing not for the sponsorships for the money. we love it because we love to fish and, uh, yeah so it just it just became part of uh part of the sport and how it's evolving and how it's growing um which is a good thing i mean it does show that it's having a lot of uh, positive growth but yeah for me it, uh, it everything and i'm i'm happy to say this but everything is somewhat come naturally at this point you know, nothing's been forced. Nothing's been like, oh, I got to try to get this or that. So um, that's kind of how it's been for me. And again, I'm still in just like kayak fishing, um, you know, the tournaments and as a professional sport, it's still somewhat in its infancy. So, you know, I'm I'm new to all this as well.
3: Definitely. The, it's, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jimmy.
4: No, no, go ahead, Dan.
3: Like Christine was saying, do you, since you turned some down, do y'all allow sponsors to come to you or do you go to them or is it kind of both ways if there's somebody you really want to work with like St. Croix like you would go to them or do you just let them come to you
5: I have five right now and I would say okay Can you say who they are uh, so native watercraft I would say that would be the one that I kind of well not necessarily I Talked about a sponsorship with them. And that was last year. Uh, but I had been in a native for, I mean, since 2014. So it was never like me looking for a boat to see who I get sponsored with. But uh, Native Watercraft, um, Fish USA, which is uh, as of last year, uh, Torquedo as of last year, um, NRS as of last year, and uh, Sierra Nevada Bre- uh, Brewing. Uh, so that's uh, not necessarily a fishing sponsor. Uh, it's beer but uh it's still important
4: (laughs) hey if they want to like take on a few more team guys on the southeast side (laughs) i think me and dan got this covered
5: yeah I mean, beer sponsorships and fishing you know bass you know the bass boat tournament side that it's been a thing but uh, yeah like i i would say pretty much they've all come to me and it's been you know natural and uh I don't know. I think the one big thing with sponsorships as far as my point of view is, yeah, they're great and they do require some some work because you need to, you know, you need to represent the brand well. But uh, the biggest thing for me when taking on any sponsorship is, uh, is this going to take away from my passion for fishing? You know, it's like because I mean that's that's all I like to do is I just like to fish and then if you're out there fishing you got to worry about the right picture or the right plug and then it's like oh man that's work I don't want to do that so luckily all the sponsors that I have so far are in you know complete agreement with that and it just it, it works out
3: so you oh, want the great. sponsors you, just, you, you want them to be a positive rather than take anything away because for you I mean, you're successful in your in your regular job that kind of find it, And, and it's going to be different for everybody because, Christine, you do this full time mm-hmm. and Greg, you do it. You have a full time job and, Christine, you have a lot of different hustles. Right. So it's I'm sure everybody's balance is going to be different of where that line is. So. Yeah. So what about you, Christine? Do you, do you let them come to you or do you do you go for the really big ones? How's that work?
2: Uh, that's really interesting. I mean, just listening to Greg was really interesting because I, it's, it seems like though we have kind of different roles in this sport. Is you know, I'm, I'm trying to do this full time, and Greg's kind of doing it on the on the side. We, my philosophy on sponsorships is exactly identical to his. Um, I haven't gone after any sponsorships. I've, I've, I guess it's all come natural for me as well. And I, I'm very strict, and uh, I have a vetting process when it comes to people that approach me. And for you know, first off, I have to believe in the product. Um, I've got to know that I can put my name behind it, and so I, I'll turn down I don't, I've, I've turned down some pretty big dollar opportunities because I didn't, I didn't want to. You can't buy my opinion, um, you know, it's in the end of the day, it's just money, and like Greg said, I want my experience on the water to be the first and foremost thing that um, is coming with me because then you kind of ooze that authenticity and it just everything comes natural and sponsors. I love that. Your audience likes it. The people that are following you can trust you and trust your opinion. And to me, if if you can just take it slow and let those let the right things come to you, um, I guess it's i it's been pretty natural for me as well. And I've I've just kind of let the right doors open and, you know, been very selective over the years. And it was a slow process, but like I'm relatively new to it too. This last year was the first year I kind of got some really good opportunities. Um, but yeah, I, I think when you do that and you've got that mindset and you're, you're careful and you, you know, like, look, fishing comes first. That really just, I think, bodes really well for your your presence out there. And it shows that you're genuine, you're authentic. And I think that's that's a pretty important thing. You know, set yourself apart from the rest of them.
4: Well, and it, it speaks to your professionalism when you both look at it like that. And, you know, I feel like the people that force it or you see it all all too often even in the infancy of sponsors and kayak fishing guys just going with whoever's offering them something just to say that oh i'm i'm pro staff fill up the
3: jersey
4: you're right
2: yeah and that's the kind of stuff that'll eventually Uh, yeah you jump from comp from like rod company to rod company to rod company from boat company to boat company to boat company it's like man um I, i like the loyalty and the relationships in this industry are so important to me um, so not only right. the product, I want to know the people, uh, you know, I want to, I want it like St. Cora is like a family to me. I, I go up and have dinner with a lot of the guys and the heads and the president of the company. And, you know, I, I want long-term longevity with who I'm partnering with. Um, that's exactly. important to me. So, like I said, it's a, I, I don't think I'm the best person to ask about it. Cause I'm kind of new to this too, but I, I do have a, you know, a regimen that I follow and it's, it's, it's working so far. So. We'll see. No, and
4: that's why we wanted to have you all on about it because, you know, the we wanted mm-hmm. to bring people on that, their professionalism for it. Like, you're not just flying by the seat of the pants. You know exactly what you're doing, exactly what you want, you know, how to talk to the people. And, you know, it's good. I, I love that you said you've turned people down. You know, not a lot of people could say that. So, it, it, you All know, right. it's good to hear. A lot of people just think that every time somebody comes your way, you're like, here, I'll be on your team. Yeah, I'll be on your team. You know, fill up this jersey, just like you said, Dan.
3: Yeah, and we lost Greg for a second. We'll try to get him back. The um. So is there, in your mind, what makes a good team member? Like if it, you're on, obviously, St. Croix and Hobie, is there, what, what do you, the requirements not only the requirements that they give you of things you have to do what do you Mm -hmm. think makes a good team member
2: um i think there's a couple of things i mean obviously you know i I, like greg i'm pretty fortunate in that i don't really have to do a whole lot extra you know when i'm on the water to worry to get the right stuff for my sponsorships all i have to do is do what i'm doing and i just have to be on the water i've got to be fishing you know sharing my content taking photos um it's never over the top salesy, but another thing that a lot of people overlook is how you represent yourself in your community, um, yeah. how you engage with people, um, you know, volunteering, putting on events. I think it, I think it's kind of a multi-faced question. I think it's really important. You know, like there's a lot of these guys out there that I know are so upset because they're like, well, I have this tournament win and this tournament win and this tournament win and I can't get sponsors. I'm going to tell you something right now. A, the majority of my sponsors and a lot of big, the ones that are gonna pay the big dollars don't care about your current record, um, that they care very little about that. They care about your character, how you represent yourself, what you can do for them, uh, you know, the, the, the content you're able to share and just most importantly, how you, what you give back to your community it's really important. Yeah. Uh, my volunteer stuff and the events that I help run and put on, I think that goes so much further for me than any of my tournament wins out there. Obviously they're a bonus, but it's really helped be well-rounded.
4: Something to take off of that too is what a lot of people don't, they misunderstand when you say pro staff, they think professional it's promotional. That's something like, like you're saying you're yes, your tournament records help, but like in my case, I'm not a, a hammered tournament angler by any means, but I have a big voice and I'm very good at, you know, backing up a company that I believe in. I represent them. Well, I don't mind going to work for them. I'm not looking for a paycheck from them. And a lot of, I have people ask me all the time, like, how'd you get involved with hook one outfitters and new canoe? And I honestly, I couldn't tell you, it just happened. And you know, I, I'm a no BS kind of person and I don't, I handle myself professionally in public when I need to be. And I mean, it's just really simple.
3: Well, I think like what Christine's saying is being that whole rounded angler of, you know, community, uh, you know, doing all these different things. People know who you are. But if, if you're doing it right, if you're building a name for yourself, it's not always a name out on the tournament trail or tourney X or, you know, angler of the year rankings. It's, you know, it's, it's who you are as a person and everything.
5: Definitely. So are, are, you, are, are you there, Greg? sorry about that guys uh yes no. can,
3: you, can you hear me yeah we, we just have your audio but that's fine so what what do you think we asked christine what do you think makes a good team member of or kind of the responsibilities that you have what do you try to do to be a valuable person to those different companies that you represent
5: um i think you know just being authentic um you know i think I think nowadays, one of the, you know, one of the big things is of course you want to be uh, with social media, you you want to um, be a good role model. You know, you want to uh, just try to represent yourself well, hold yourself well. Um, and with social media nowadays, you got to be careful. You got to be careful with what you post, what you say, because it's always, it's, it's there, it's there forever. And uh, I think that, is probably the biggest thing for me is, um, you know, trying to stay away from uh, any negativity for the most part. Um, You know, if you get even like little things like on uh, like YouTube, and I'm sure Christine gets this too, if someone leaves you like a nasty comment or says something, you know, you want to say something back, but- Just fire back. But I don't, Uh, just kind of like my general rule. Um, And, you know, just try to take the high road uh but that would be one thing the other thing would be again like i talked about being kind of authentic and uh and this is just my opinion but not promotion is good you want to promote your sponsors and plug them but i think there's a time and place um and overdoing it sometimes can be somewhat of a turnoff. and i think nowadays we've seen that with a lot of people just plugging and plugging and plugging and buy this and do that and, you know, people are savvy nowadays, and I think it's almost a, a, an automatic turnoff. And I've, I've talked to my sponsors about that as well It's just, uh, you know, I'm not going to be posting every day for, you know, this product, that product, because people realize. People realize what you're up to. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that also makes a good uh, team member is just being genuine and showing that you just love what you're, love what you're using, what you're doing.
3: So on the other side of that, what do you think makes a good sponsor? Like, what are some sponsors that you've worked with who they're doing something right, maybe above what some others aren't?
5: I think good sponsors, for me at least, is have been the ones that agree with that philosophy or that mentality. And um, you know, I've had other opportunities that it just just didn't work out. They wanted this or that. Every time I was on the water, they wanted X amount of posts on Instagram or Facebook, and uh, I think you know sponsors that are flexible in your goals and what you truly love. Um, I think that's what makes a great sponsorship. And it at that point, it I don't even think it feels like a sponsorship. It feels like you're just working together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it
4: feels like a friends and family kind of thing, and that's what you hear most anybody talk about when they talk about having a good. Sponsor a company behind them. It's just like having another extended family. Yeah, you know, exactly. People, you can you can be serious and you know when to be professional, but right. you can cut up with them and you know make jokes and exactly. have a good time.
5: Exactly. And I think I've seen. You know, I've I follow some of the you know the bass boat guys, the pros out there. I I've always been a, a pretty big fan of like bass and FLW and okay. you know other tournament circuits out there. And I follow the. I try to get you know. Uh, you know, follow the behind the scenes stuff and the sponsorships. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of pros have that too, but it also depends on, you know, what you want to do in the industry, in the sport. Um, For me personally, I mean, that's how I like to approach it and the relationships that I like to develop. But, you know, if there's a person out there that wants to make it on the pro circuit, whether it be, you know, the boat world or now the kayak world, you might have to compromise. So I think there's definitely, you know, you have to align your goals with how you want to approach sponsorships as well.
4: Definitely. So just to so take here- a small step back from that, uh, both y'all saying you're new to this, who was your first actual, you know, like sponsor or staff position? If you, if you want to say you don't have to.
5: Um, Native watercraft for me.
2: There you go. Pro are are we, yeah, it, it is it, I'm trying, I consider, a, I don't know, I'm kind of different. I consider a sponsorship like a, like a cash deal. Are we, or, or a product deal? What, what are e- we?
4: Either one or both. You know, right?
2: I mean, I, I think my first actual, like, um, sp- like pro staff was, I was on the, I was trying Jackson kayak about four years ago now. Um, i'm pretty sure that was my first i guess we would call it pro staff mm-hmm.
3: yeah. so if if you're i mean you're obviously in a hobby now and and everybody knows that what <laughs> how do you make that? how do you and hey that's nothing against jackson at all you know no. there's a right book out there for everybody the uh right. h- how do you make the transition let's say somebody yeah, like they stepped in it they got in <laughs> they got sponsorship with somebody things aren't working out how do you make that transition to leave them in a positive way or you know like you were saying whenever we started you don't want to bounce around from ride company to ride company or whatever it is and then people know you as kind of a leapfrog or or whatever it is right. how do you make that transition like craig Dye is a great example he said that he talked with new canoe for a year before making that transition how do you leave a company and do that right
2: uh, communication, I think, is is huge. Um, I actually had this happen with a, a hard bait, or actually, they, they wanted exclusivity. Um, like I said, this is last year. I had a, a bait sponsorship um, from a company that I had thrown their their pike baits for like 10 years. They're a um, Scandinavian-based company, and I loved them. Um, but what I started to learn is that I, I was so new to it, I didn't understand what exclusivity really entailed. And I was running yeah. into trouble where I'd post a picture of, um, on my, just a story of like a duck call. And I'd have a, a different bait, uh, like a chaos Medusa laying on the floorboard of my truck. Cause I'm unorganized like that. And they'd reach out and say, Hey, why do you have that bait in your, in this picture? And I was like, man, this is, <laughs> this is really <laughs> tough. And it came, it came down to it. And I, I reached, luckily I had a good relationship with them. And I, I just, I was honest and I said, look guys, um, I, I love your product. I, I just think that, you know, exclusivity in all realms of the bait worlds. I'm going to be fully honest. I can't use them during a bass tournament. So that makes it really tough for me um, as, an, as an angler that is trying to be very transparent with my audience. Um, it, it's, you know, and we, I kind of, I was a hundred percent open and honest with them and they appreciated that. And I said, I love your baits. I will, when I'm pike fishing, I will throw them. Um, hopefully I can use them over at Hobie worlds over in Sweden and, you know, get, I'll get you, I'll always get you guys some great footage. I don't want any more cash from you all. Is there, you know, I hope you understand. And they did fully, they were really sad to, to see me go, but they understood that, um, you know, it was probably a, a deal that I outgrew very quickly and, it it just the terms just didn't really align with both of us. But just being honest, I think, is the best way to do that and respectful.
4: Yeah. I feel like sure. it probably is a stressful like moment. Like I could only imagine when I'm trying to make that phone call to be like, hey, you know, I wouldn't even know how to start it. Not, hey, I found something better. But, hey, you know, this isn't working anymore. I don't know. In my head, that would just be a, a crazy stressful moment.
2: Well, that's why that's the only time I've ever really jumped ship um, like that early. Cause I, I was like, man, I really have to think very, and I think very, very, very hard about everything from here on out. But that, that was one of my very first cash offers. And so I didn't, you know, I was like, I love this company. I love their baits. They're good people. This is a good fit. I didn't really wrap my head around what that really entailed and what exclusivity right. meant. Um, so now I'm very, very careful and make sure that going in, I understand and can fulfill every obligation.
3: How about makes you, great. You have you a, a lot of matter. Telling them to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: for me, I mean, I, I, actually, that hasn't happened yet. I haven't. Like I said, last year was the first year of sponsorships. So um, I, we're, we're with the same ones this year. So I Greg to
4: just kicks back bridge. another Sierra Nevada and keeps going.
5: <laughs> that well that helps too. Uh but no, I would agree <laughs> with Christine um when that uh, time does come because, you know, I assume it will at some point. It's just, you know, the evolution of you know, the sport and how yeah. you, you know, grow. But In uh, your career. I, I, I agree. I yeah, I agree with Christine. Honesty, you know, just being honest. You gotta say what's going on. Like you can't beat around the bush and you know, try to go behind you, just say what's going on. And uh you know, hopefully that uh, you guys can end on good terms. And uh, I think that would be probably the way I'd approach it.
3: Definitely. So uh, uh, another question, and I mean, y'all are obviously two of the biggest names in our sport. Can you tell some people about kind of what the different levels, maybe somebody's just getting in, they've had some companies approach them, but they haven't decided to not do it yet. What are some of the different levels that you know of of sponsorship and, and like what they could expect whether that be product cash discounts like is there one where it's like uh, you know you don't really want to mess with that or is, can you talk a little bit about the different levels now w- without being specific to what you know we don't want to discuss what y'all get or anything like that but
2: right i think it really varies um for each company it really does um i know that you know there obviously are from the very bottom level, there's just a product discount code, then there's free product and there's product in cash. Um, but really, and then there's different levels of cash as well. Um, man, that, that really varies at least for me. Um, and what I, and what I've kind of heard and kind of learned about the industry per, per sponsorship, um, some sponsorships pay people's insurance. Um, I've heard, I mean, there's, it's, it's all over the spectrum. Um, so what I think, at least for me anyway, Greg probably can uh, fill in some other loopholes on that too.
5: Yeah, no, I agree. It, I mean, it, it definitely depends on the company, how big they are. I mean, you know, yeah. you've got some big companies out there that have a lot of, you know, a, a bigger marketing budget. So um, I think in general, though, for the kayak world, um, you know, you're, you're looking more at a discount, uh, maybe some free product, free product. Um, which is always great because hopefully you know you're involved with that company because you enjoy their product, yeah. and then then you yeah. can offset some costs. And um, you know I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that you're you're looking for. I think that's always something uh, that uh, is realistically attainable at this you know point of our of our sport is offsetting costs. I mean. You're not going to get rich off of this. Uh, You're not going to get paid a ton of money by companies, but uh, offsetting costs to do something you love. I mean, that's, you can't beat that. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, as, as far as just, you know, things to avoid, I mean, just if you feel yourself using something that you don't like and you're, and I've gone back, I'll go back to this all the time. If you feel like you're doing work for a company and it's time to think it, think about it again.
2: Definitely. Absolutely. It has to be mutually beneficial.
5: Right.
4: What what would be for, for people, you know, just getting into it that are, you know, approaching that level, what would be like the biggest red flag to look out for? To be like, no, I'm wrong. I don't need to be talking to these people.
2: Um, I think definitely when a company would approach you and say, Look, you can buy our product. Um and we'll give you a small percentage off. And it's like, wait a minute. What? And we want you to promote and do this and share this. That's a, I mean, that you'd be surprised how many companies will reach out. I have friends tell me about this all the time and it's like, no, that's a huge red flag. And that's not, how is that beneficial? You weren't buying their, you, you know, that's not that's not okay. <laughs> and and, and actually-
3: your discount is still more than what the wholesale price is. So they're still always making money no matter what, so.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Um, you, have to, you have to look at it like
4: that. And I'm sure every one of us sitting here has gotten one of those emails or Facebook messages where they're like, hey, we want you. You'll get your discount after you spend $50. <laughs> are,
3: are you good enough? Can you are you ready to be sponsored? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, how about you, Sorry, Greg? Any, any, oh, that's OK. How about you, Greg? Any red flags you, you want people to watch out for?
2: Oh,
5: red flags! Jeez. Well, that would definitely be the biggest one right there, just because that doesn't make sense. Um, red flags. Eh, you know what? I, I I'll have to come back to that. I'll have to think about that. But I would say that's that's the biggest one right there. Is yeah, you know, it's if it's not beneficial to you, you know, mutually beneficial, we'll say then. I mean, you got to rethink it.
4: And I knew that was going to be the answer. I just wanted it brought up because it's the one you see so much. Like yeah. every, and it's not just in kayak fishing. You work one of these expos and you see fifteen thousand people that are sponsored by that same company, or yeah. sponsored.
3: Yep. Yeah. So, but the uh, so here, here's another one. And kind of, y'all are both masters at YouTube. How do how do you control your image? Hey, I just I watch your videos. I I love your your videos too, Christine. I, I like the the Christine juice. Like you, you have to sell that. Yeah, I watched your newest video. Everybody should check that out. I, I liked that video. She was slaying them on a what Lake Saint Clair. So yeah. Hi. But so how do you can besides just posting like you don't want post political things or you know things that are obviously going to upset a portion of your Your audience, I guess, or the people who are paying attention to you. How do you control? I've never made a bunch of YouTube videos. Is there something that goes into whenever you're making and editing that video? How are you controlling what people think of you, or your image, or your brand, or how how do you? I don't understand how you could even go through that. So what? what, What's kind of my my brain doesn't
4: concept that either
3: yeah um, i mean is there like oh i want to be cool and yeah. i know you're not going to say oh yeah i only put stuff that makes me look cool but you know what i'm saying like where where are I the mean, lines for that?
5: I, I yeah that's a great question i i mean for youtube and i'm sure christine's the same way i, I mean you gotta be yourself first of all so you, you can't or at least that's my mentality i know there's different youtubers out there that you know they do it for a living and there's other they have other goals just like everything else But for what I do, I mean, it's not hard to edit just because I'm out there fishing. I'm, I'm, you know, being myself. Um, And I, you know, I think I'm somewhat notorious for this, but I show the skunks. I show the tough days. Um, I show, I mean, man, I, I, and I still say I'm learning. This is, uh, I think this year I've actually learned more about the California Delta than I have in the past too. So fishing is, you're always going to be learning and fishing. Um, But for me, just being myself, um, there, the only thing I really would cut out if would be if I like curse or something or maybe some uh, pre uh, the night before a tournament and my buddies do something stupid. Uh, you, you can cut that stuff out. But, uh you know, man, that might be at, your
4: s- success, though.
5: <laughs> uh, you know, that's the thing you could. I mean, that's YouTube's weird because you can get some crazy videos and you can get all these crazy thumbnails and titles. And I mean, I try to be pretty, uh you know. Keep it honest for the most. Part. It, it is honest, but you gotta. You can't just make it like a silly. And Christine knows this too. You can't make a silly, uh, title or a uh, a bland title. You gotta have something interesting interesting. Clickbait. About your... Yeah, I don't know. Clickbait's a whole nother thing. But uh, you know, just being yourself, and I mean, that's that's really all I've tried to do is just showcase my day on the water, whether it's good, bad, ugly.
3: It's it's gotta be difficult, like getting to that point to where you can give that up. I I can give up looking, you know, like I got skunked. And like you said, that's some of the most endearing, the most endearing part of your videos are that you skunk sometimes. And you go to in and out and you show people that that's okay. That's gotta be <laughs> tough to get, to cross that line, the threshold of, okay, I'm gonna show that I suck sometimes. I mean, it's, that's a tough thing to do. How about you, Christian? Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, wholeheartedly agree with greg on that um i said you, youtube is just something that I, I definitely i don't i know nothing about youtube i started just putting my tournaments out there because i wanted to uh, maybe inspire some other people to get into kayak fishing and um show transparency like greg said you know that the the, the miss there was a tournament where i swear i missed 15 hook sets in a row and i was like my gosh like do i even know what i'm doing out here and i I say that on the camera and people love that because it's relatable um you know we're greg and i are both i think you know pretty talented anglers but we're both human too and have a lot of room to grow and i think it's really cool that we showcase that and are are truly ourselves on there and i i added out um uh, when I caught my big bass, I added out a lot of curse words, um, for sure. I, that's, about, that's about the only thing that I, I edited out. Um, because I, I, I'm aware that there's a, I have a very large audience and um, a lot of young women and young and kids. And I don't, I, I try to be, um, as, as professional and and uh, as much of a class act as possible when I'm doing that type of stuff without giving up who I am. Um, I just yeah. try to try to clean it up a little bit. Um, and and showcase that and be very real. I think is the best thing.
5: Yeah, I yeah. Would agree. And, and, and y'all both just... go ahead. Sorry, Gary. go ahead. Uh, I was just Not... saying, just you know, trying to clean it up to maintain that professional image. I got. I, I'll tell you what, it's becoming to the point where, and I never, you know, I don't go. To, so my normal job is I'm a physical therapist in a rehab center, but uh, my coworkers obviously know this other life that I have. And uh, somehow it, it, it gets to the patients sometimes. So I was like, <laughs> okay, if, if the, one of my patients is watching one of my videos, what do I really want to be looking like? So yeah. <laughs> I think maintaining that professionalism when you edit a video is super key. And then going back to your sponsors, that's key as well.
3: All right, I, I got another question with the YouTube videos. How do you give up your spots? I, I, I can't imagine, <laughs> like sometimes, you just you have those magic spots, and it's I'm sure it's gonna be so tough to give those up on YouTube.
4: Because you know somebody's gonna check them and pause oh, and get yeah. the background and find a you're, house you're in you're the background.
3: Back, yeah, you're going back to that spot next time, and your boy is on there. I saw you put your video online. That's on you, Greg. Yeah, yeah
5: yep, yep. Uh, that's yeah, good point. Um, well, usually for me, my uploads are ahead of time. I usually have videos going live about two, two and a half weeks after I shoot them. So the spots oh. probably changed. Changed for yeah, me. So I do bites. have a rule, though, a, d- a rule I've developed over the past couple of years. It's, uh, you know, if I didn't find the spot, there's no reason for me to showcase it or, you know, give, you know, like, like GPS coordinates, because like, if your buddy shows it to you or you, you know, they take you there, I try to respect that, or I always respect that. Uh, but that is... Part of the game now that I've realized is, you know, we fish a lot of tournaments out here in California, and I fish these lakes that we have tournaments on, and I have had plenty of times during a tournament that uh, I'm pretty sure folks are going to that spot because of the video. Actually, they've admitted it to me, which it, it's fine. It's fine. You know, it's one thing spots, one thing, but yeah, you, you still got to catch them. And yeah, I've learned, exactly. I've learned that many a times fishing with my buddies who you know, they'll go, they'll go smoke them and I'll catch a couple out of there. So it's a tricky thing. Um, I just, the big thing for me is if it's not my spot, I try not to blow it up or show, you know, keep it subtle because I will say I probably get messages, emails, comments on exact locations, 15, 20 times a day. And wow. it's Some people just run
4: with that. You never know until you ask. <laughs>
5: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, and that's the one, one of the comments other than like some negative comments that's the other comment I don't answer is the spot location. I hate to be a jerk, but it's just one. I don't Find your own
3: Spots people don't, don't ask for them. Yeah. Christine, how do you give them I, up? Um,
2: again, hundred percent agree with Greg. If I have a very hard rule on if it's a, if it's a, a spot of, that's a friend of mine's you'll never see it in a video or a photo of mine. Um, that and I've got a few um, gyms that I've worked really hard over my travels to find. It's those I have a couple of musky holes that the videos would probably be really, really cool. There's nothing, there's not an amount of money in the world that's worth people finding that spot. Because if they do, it's ruined. They're so small and, and, and you know, very isolated. So, um, but it, as far as tournaments, yeah, I, I post a lot of my tournaments. You can tell some of my big wins. You can see exactly where I'm at. And the way I look at that, like to what Greg said, um, the people can probably tell where you are and they'll find it, but they got to catch them. And if you look at the elites or MLF, all of their tournaments are up there and live. And we go back yeah. through videos and look and see where the pros were fishing. So I think that, you know, we almost it, that's just that's part of the game. Um, yeah. as, as far as my, my fun fishing videos, like St. Clair, that's one of the most pressured lakes in the country and you're fishing a big bowl. So I got no problem putting that stuff up there. Um, cause there's a hundred boats in the background for the most part of it, you know, but yeah. those are just kind of my, again, with Greg, some of my rules of thumb on that. Um, there's a lot of videos that there's a lot of days I don't film. I just go out and I just want to be on the water with no camera, no anything. And some of my yeah. little honey holes and
3: for you, those, yeah.
2: Yeah, those, those will never make it to the internet.
3: <laughs> I, and and really, that's kind of um, what KVD's run. I know with him, you know, he would have 50, 100 boats chasing him at, chasing him at every single tournament. And he knew if he ever did well at a tournament, he can never go back to that spot again because it was burnt. And But maybe that's something that's going to propel both of you to be better, to push yourself, because so many of us go to those same spots over and over and over and expect the same or better results. Maybe sometimes being pushed somewhere else is, you know, will make you and, a better angle.
4: Yeah. Like Christine said, it's part of it because I saw it all at the, the Classic this year. Everybody was like, oh, he was Hank Jerry was catching them right here. You know how many Classics have been one off that one spot? That's the most notorious spot on that lake. Everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. And, but it's still some people are just like, Oh my god, I gotta go fish there. But one last thing on the, the YouTube stuff is both of y'all, you know, Christine said that, you know, she doesn't know anything about YouTube, et cetera. Both of y'all y'all's tournament videos are so killer though, because even though I already know the results and how you did and that you won, I'm still like like there's suspense when I'm watching the video and to be able to do that is I think that's really killer,
3: and and the way that you break it down on the water too, like both your techniques or what you're doing, yeah, it's you know, it's it's great not only for just the entertainment value but the educational value. Like I seriously watched both of your videos and been like, wow, you know, that's something I wouldn't have done or or a technique I wouldn't have used in that situation. So.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, if we oh. had if, if you had my tournament videos on, there'd just be silence until the fish catch because in my it's all going down in my head, but I'm definitely not telling you. <laughs> like yeah. So it's it's really <laughs> good that you can remember that you're recording and, you know, talk it through. I don't know, it's, it's really good. Y'all do a great job.
5: Appreciate yes. it. Yeah, and I you know what, tournament videos, I'd say those are my favorite to make. I love I thank love you. fishing tournaments, first of all. Just love fishing a tournament, but I love yeah, the one thing I really have found to enjoy about YouTube and why I continue to do it is it's it's kind of like your, you know, it's your journal. You know, it's your fishing journal. You've got all your tournaments, your trips, right on YouTube. You can review them, you can look at them. And, uh, you know, it's just a nice log to have. And those tournaments are are uh, definitely fun ones to, to make and, you know, share with everybody. And, yeah, if somebody had, you know. if
3: If somebody hadn't seen all your videos, is there a one, like a favorite one you would want people to go back see or, or one that was your favorite? Kristin? Um, yeah, go, oh, ahead, Greg.
5: Go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead, Go ahead, Greg. Oh, okay. Um, yes, for me, uh, the one that I think it's like the channel, the main channel video when you first uh, go onto my page, it's the uh, one on the Delta from last year. Uh, I actually was very lucky to win that one. It's where I caught my personal best. Um, but I like that tournament video because it showed just a complete train wreck in the morning. Just everything was terrible. I, you know, I made a an hour and a half ride to the spot. Tide was blown out. Everything looked terrible. I wasn't catching anything. I was mission, missing missing fish, and uh, you know, and you, you try to be positive, and I try, and I always do you know, try to be positive, but you, you, you think in your head and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a bomb. This is a, this is, you know, this is going to be terrible. But that morning, I was like, you know what? You got to persevere. You got to just keep fishing, fishing hard. And, uh, it turned around and, you know, won the tournament after catching a few really fortunate fish. But, uh, that would probably be my favorite video that, uh, I've put on YouTube just because it shows, you know, the struggles and, you know, why you just, why you got to keep fishing hard and, uh, good things can happen.
4: The I highs and it, lows, the man, tec- that's what it's about.
5: Yeah, it, yeah. You've got a lot of great ones, but the,
3: the Texas one with over 30 pounds, I think it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, that cool. was an awesome video. Yeah. Christine, how about you?
2: Well, you know, I, the, I would say Kentucky Lake, except for the day one of that tournament. My audio wasn't, I've had so many technical difficulties with my GoPros over the, the time. My audio was, was tough. So, that I'd probably say because of that, my, uh, the Southeastern Championship on Pickwick that I won was probably my favorite video because that was, that was a huge, the Wolfpack
3: and all that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I missed the, yeah, that I just had to adjust and adapt and really talk through. And I think, I think that one really showed, um, you know, perseverance and technique and just really dialing in. I, I was so dialed on that bite and that area. Um, and after, after a really tough practice. So I think that was probably my favorite video. Um, I think for sure. And I, I, I really enjoyed that one.
3: And, and you said both those Kentucky Lake and Pickwick, and those were like summer or warm weather tournaments and you caught the fish pretty shallow in both those tournaments, right?
2: Yeah, my fish were caught in less than six foot of water, which for me, like my my the year before that, all the checks I cashed were in more than 15 foot. I mean, I'm a ledge fisherman. I'm an offshore fisherman. I love that deep bite. I I could not make it happen this last year. All my tournaments that I did well on were in less than six foot of water, which is crazy. I mean, I just couldn't I, I've tried to force that offshore bite in so many tournaments, so many and I just couldn't do it. So it was kind of a neat kind of a neat year growing year for me and that i learned that i really like to fish shallow too so
3: All right, yeah you don't suck at it to, to do so well in two tournaments but but yeah watching those videos and see you catch them shallow whenever most people are out deep that was i mean yeah it, it just showed just how good you are you know so very cool all right, so we talked about sponsors, your YouTube. We won't bend your ear about that anymore. I I could talk about y'all's videos all day, but the so what, what do y'all yeah, have going to the go rest down year? that year? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll just fanboy, and we'll just go forever. But the uh, so what do y'all have going the rest of the year, Christine? At, well, all right, you're fishing the Chickamauga a bit for bass, right?
2: Well, it got canceled, um, but Steve I was putting on that recruitment tournament in its place, twenty third. I'm actually fishing a local tournament there this coming Saturday, then I'll fish that one on um, the BASS recruitment tournament the, the Saturday after that, which I'm pretty stoked about because the tournament on Chickamauga I won last year is two weeks after this, and I think, like, I hate to fall into old patterns, but I think my area is going to be even better in May than it would would have been in June, so. And it
3: the, the spawn's so late this year that it's probably about the same time and, you know, and spawn cycle time, so.
2: So yeah, it looks like I, I, I
4: need to keep my entry fee money to myself.
2: No, I well, watch all watch, blank during this tournament, but no, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I love that lake and I get two tournaments on it. Um, And then I hope, I'm really hopeful for the Hobie on Kentucky Lake. Really yeah, hopeful yeah. for that.
3: So we'll see. It's, it's, it's a go right now,
2: right? As, we will know an official answer by the 18th, but it's looking. Um, it's looking, it's looking okay.
3: Awesome. So Hobie, BASS, that's, that's your thing this year, right?
2: Yeah. Um, I, I try to get a KBF effort through in there, um, where it makes sense in my schedule. I, I'm trying, I just, there's so many date conflictions that it's really difficult to make, um, one of the regions work, unfortunately for me. And I did already qualify for, for BASS, um, i Logan Martin. So, um, i will fish one or two more of those but i'm gonna really focus hard on the on the hobie series
4: there you go so greg what's the fishing
5: on the, like up there in market. cali in california oh man well it's it's like you'd expect it's pretty good um uh, we've got so many uh places to fish pretty in good. diverse fisheries Is too. is everything
4: shut down for you right now though
5: Uh, yeah pretty much. things are starting to reopen Um, luckily the Delta was open for the most part during this whole ordeal Um, you know a handful of launches closed but uh, you could still get on the water and fish but they're just starting to reopen some of the lakes like I believe Clear Lake just opened to uh, non-motor non-motor vessels so kayaks uh, canoes, uh, float tubes, stuff like that. Um, and that seems to be, um, where they're starting at, but, uh, it's exciting. These fish haven't been touched on pressure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and they and they're used to a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure out here as well. Uh, I was
4: just about to ask that if, if with everything else closing, cause you know, most of the time, if you, you when you watch your videos and stuff, you do seem like you're the only guy out there. You know, unless it's, like, you or Bam or somebody with you. Have you seen, like, a lot more kayak traffic, like, out on the delta or anything during all this?
5: Um, a little. Uh, you know, I, I pretty much work every weekend unless there's a tournament. Um, so I'm always out there during the week, weekdays. Um, but I've heard that there is – the weekends have been crazy, traffic-wise, kayaks, boats. And the problem with, you know, them closing everything down or closing ninety nine percent of the lakes down is the one percent. Everybody goes to the one percent, and then it's like, okay, there's three hundred people here. Is this really yeah. the point of it? Um, but uh, no, I usually fish during the weeks and it's weekdays, and that's not too bad.
4: So what kind of a, you got any tournaments coming up? Are y'all starting to fire off like doing full virtual or anything like that?
5: Um, I know that they've been doing like uh, the online monthly still out here in California, um, but as far as tournaments go, I mean, I haven't heard of anything official yet. Uh, we, you know, we had one. I think it was either this weekend or next weekend, and that one's off. So the next tournament that I have is, I believe, June twenty eighth, and that's out here in California on New Malone ice. And um, you know, I'm assuming that'll happen, uh, but. Yeah, not many tournaments this
4: year. Yeah, tough year for everybody.
5: Right.
3: Everything will be all backloaded at the end of the year, where you're trying to figure yeah. out what to fish. Yeah, yeah.
2: Worlds is still long, as Greg and I are both part of the the six member team of Team USA to go over to to Sweden this year. But I just I haven't really heard anything. I haven't we haven't bought any plane tickets or anything yet. So I hope that that's still a go for a.
5: Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. I mean, I'm not really following it too hard, but I mean, they they said it's still on, I believe.
2: Yeah, that's the last I heard it was. I just, just we'll see. They
3: they never closed over there, right? In Sweden, you said they they stayed open pretty much the whole time, right?
2: I don't know. I, I think they had a pretty, you know, they they. I think Europe in general was pretty pretty tough on all yeah, of that, as, far heavy. as outside yeah. travel and everything. So. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, we appreciate y'all. We don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you. You know, as a fan, I've watched y'all's stuff and, you know, just thank you for putting out that content. Like I, most of the time, I'd rather watch y'all's videos than anything on TV. So as a fan, thank you. And, and thank you for being on the show. Yeah, I thanks,
5: guys. It. Yeah, right. Thanks for
3: having me on. Appreciate right. it. It's thank fun. y'all. We'll be okay. we'll be back here in just a minute. Thanks. All right, welcome back. So we had Greg and Christine, and that was awesome. Definitely two people I've yeah. wanted to talk to yeah. for a long time.
4: Yeah, I could I could keep both of them on all night asking them questions about their videos, which we were we were so close to floating down that hole.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I could went down. I could just kept going because I I mean I, I literally think I've probably seen all their videos of both of them. You know, like like oh, I yeah. said, I'd rather watch that than anything on TV. So yeah. I'm sh- my wife said... You asked them oh, what their you,
4: favorite that- video was, and I was like, I already know, because it's mine, too.
3: <laughs> like, my, I, I told my wife, who, who I was having on, because I've said his name enough times, oh, I'm going to watch this Greg Blanchard video, and she's like, oh, the guy from YouTube. Oh, yeah. And she don't know who anybody is. So if my wife knows who Greg Blanchard is, you, like, you're, you're moving the needle on some point, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know if you want to move that needle, but you've moved the needle. My wife knows yeah. who you are. <laughs> and Christine, and she's like, "Oh, Christine, your favorite, you know, YouTube fisherman." So everybody from, knows sure Christine. Is- yeah, exactly. And like, I'm, you know, I know we. I didn't want to broach the subject of, of her being a female angler because I think there's enough, of that. enough I, of that. Think, anyway, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, like, there's no need for us to bring that up, but you know. Just man, it's, it's I'm proud to be a part of a sport that has a female angler who does so well. That like that's one of the great things about our sport. So I'm I'm happy about that. We didn't talk about yeah, it. I won't
4: be afraid. I'm not I the know. person that's going to be afraid to be like, hey, a girl just kicked my butt. Like, oh no, not no, at all. She's like, hey. uh,
3: yeah, right. Fished. where, and she whipped. She whipped me on Logan Martin in the same area. Her and Cody Milton <laughs> met up. <laughs> And then she whoops me. Me and Ryan are going, and then she whoops me. You know, her and Cody hook up, and they, they both qualify for the national championship. So, yeah. <laughs> so she whoops me there. She like other times. So I'm not ashamed of that.
4: And it'll probably right, happen it, again.
3: Yeah, oh, it, it's definitely going to happen again. So we had a bunch <laughs> of tournaments last weekend. Tell us about them, Jim.
4: Yeah. So the tournament season's finally starting to pick back up after all the COVID stuff. It looks like. Uh, Midwest Kayak Bass Club had their first event out there on Fox Lake in Wisconsin, and uh, uh Paul Chai ended up winning that one. He had a uh, 91 and three quarters. He had a he had a pretty big bag too. He had a 20 was his big kicker, and 18 and three quarter, and 18 and two seventeen and a halves. And uh, they were doing the five fish. And then uh, Greg Vickers came in second with 88 and a half. Jong uh, with 87.75. I probably screwed your name up. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. And then our boy Brian Schiller got eighth in that one, eighty-two and a half. And go. he was saying that yeah, cool. it was freezing, so that tournament was probably tough for everybody. To, so ninety-inch stringer, and I think he said it was twenty-nine that morning.
3: Yeah,
4: not this in guy. That area, not I think happening. Yeah,
3: that's that's a big bag in
4: that area, you know. Yeah. Well, then uh, all right. So uh, down in Tennessee, CTKA had their third stop on Cordell Hole. They had twenty-one guys show up for that, and they're doing the three fish stringers. Uh, ben Baker got that one with 55 and a half he had a 20 inch kicker and 217 and three quarters and then and I screwed up and didn't get these guys names but uh, mr. James had second place with 51 and three quarter and mr. Dodd had third with 48 so those are good three fish bags yeah. uh, let's see who else we got going on uh, all right down here in Louisiana they had a statewide one-day tournament uh, the BPKf group five fish jacob shrill had a 93 and a quarter stringer 21 and a half big fish just stepping it up 20 and three quarter 18 17 and a half and a 15 and a half so he had a heck of a stringer and he still had a 15 hanging on the end of that one do one more Mm -hmm. fish and you're blowing him out of the water
1: uh
4: jamie broad came in second with 85 and a quarter and uh so i don't know if they're brothers or cousins or whatever father and son but Kyle Shrell came in third with 79 and a quarter. So taking over the, the top three, that's pretty awesome. And then we I had, like uh, a Michigan, Ohio kayak angler open. And I don't know if they use their abbreviation, like I'm reading it, but it's MIO. <laughs> but, uh, first place in that one was Mr. Salzman. He had 93 and three quarter. Uh, second place was Jim Orr, 91 and a half. Uh, Mr. Hines came in 87 and, a half and third and then Jackson Orr came in fourth with 86 and a half. So the Oars are still one, one, two and as best they can out there. And then one that I thought was worth mentioning, it was a, uh, it's called the shoe on the other foot slash nine Oh nine fishing. It's a, it was a one day nationwide tournament. only had like nine guys in it, but I was just scrolling through tourney X and saw this and Mr. Bean Called hundred and three and three quarter inches, and I didn't catch. You know, it didn't have its location, but he anchored his win with a twenty six inch largemouth.
3: Yeah, dog.
4: That's a that's a Mrs. Jean Wilson fish. That's one of them tank tanks. Yeah, I wish I had a, a I wish I had a picture to put up of. I mean, that thing's eye was like the bottom of a Coke bottle, dude. It looked huge. yeah yeah, that was just a few of the tournaments going and hopefully with everything starting to open back up we're going to start seeing a bunch more live tournaments again and i mean we i know uh you've got one coming up with iron city on uh smith right and then uh and then uh, yeah north alabama kayak anglers they've got one on lake weiss i'll be judging that one i'm not gonna make that one to fish but so it's just starting too. We're still doing the virtual captains meetings and weigh-ins and stuff, but we're—I think—we're really close to getting everything back to normal.
3: Yeah. It this weekend. It's kind of Alabama's opened up enough to where we could probably do a weigh-in, but then it'd be awkward. It'd be weird. Like, how, how do yeah. you be away from each other and then you all this all of a sudden you're together again? It'd be weird. But well, yeah, one I other tournament? I'm i, I, I wanted to bring up the KBBT kayak bass bracket tour. Uh, yeah. You know, I got I got spanked. I meant Conrad. to ask
4: you if you wanted to talk about that, so I figured I'd yeah. let you pull that one up.
3: Hey, man, I know KBF loves them. He whooped me. I'm not going to you know, anybody that puts, no matter where you're at, you put up over 100 inches two weeks in a row. Uh, you know, I'm, Make I'm not going to say anything. That's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's, you still, I've, been, I've been down there. I haven't been to exactly where he's fishing, but I fish Florida plenty, and I've never seen him just jump in the boat. You do actually have yeah. to catch the fish. So, you know, congratulations to him. But the final four are Conrad Benetti, uh, Rodney Kennan, Jonathan Pepin up in the UP, and that is so awesome. He's winning with just smallmouth bags. That's amazing. And uh Matt Frist. Uh so this weekend is Conrad Bonetti versus Rodney Kinnan. And that dude's a hoot. If you haven't listened to him live, he's like this, you know, older guy down in Louisiana, I think. That guy's a character. And uh, Jonathan Pepin and Matt Frentis. but also besides that, we have five live this weekend, which is the they're doing two hours Saturday, two hours Sunday, top seven people. Uh, Craig Die and Tim Perkins snuck in there at the end with the social media part, but uh, welcome. Good luck to all of them, think, and and hopefully I think Craig's you know, got something I, to prove. He, yeah, he you
4: know he came up that should, one fish short.
3: And we're actually going to a different format where we will be on live on Mondays rather than Friday shows. So that's changing. And uh, so hopefully we'll have the winner of five live. We I've talked to him at group chat, so hopefully we can make that work out. But yeah, be looking for I us like on Mondays.
4: It sparked, it sparked up some some trash talking in that group. Too. Yeah, I like it, it did a
3: little bit of trash talk. But how do you talk trash? Like I got all seven guys in that group and like, there's a little bit of trash talking, just a little. How do you talk trash in that group? Like, Everybody is amazing, you know. That's like, I, I don't know how you could talk smack against six of the other best anglers in the country. How could you do that? So
4: yeah, dude, it's it's gonna be interesting. So something else yep. before we go, uh, uh, the paddle and fin uh, brackets still going, right?
3: Yeah, this weekend. So Saturday and Sunday from three to seven Central Time, there'll be four p.m. A lot of a lot of groups. So, me and uh, I'm fishing against JP. I, don't, I should have all of them right here in front of me. But Sunday is Dustin versus somebody. And then me and JP. And Saturday. So, Saturday <laughs> we're from three to seven. I bet. Man, I just had Christine and Greg on. I, I'm like, I'm still yeah. fanboying over here, not thinking about it. But the, uh, you know. So, Saturday and Sunday from three to seven Central Time. We're going to have live coverage. So, in yeah, I'm going to try to jump to on that watch live. Five live. Yeah, in the morning, you'll get to watch five live. And then the afternoon, you'll get to watch not as good anglers, but still live entertaining fishing on Saturday <laughs> and Sundays. But, but we're having like double the amount of time. So, it'll be four hours instead, too. So, the quality of fishing goes down, the quantity of content goes up. So, we're trying to offset that. So, there you
4: yeah. go. Got to make up yeah. for it where you can. Yeah, something.
3: All right. Well, be good, everybody. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all we'll on catch Monday you next
1: night. That's right. Sure yeah, where are your PFTs? Go check out the website, guys paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question comment or want to hear from a future guest feel free to email us at paddle the letter n and fin at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media we're doing giveaways announcements things like that at facebook and instagram at paddle and fin. shout out to our show supporters rocktown adventures leveling canoe and kayak Hammered lures fish mob lures trc covers catch products go to catchproducts.com you can put the paddle and fin logo right on your catchboard. don't forget to go over and pick up your jig master's jigs use promo code pnf20 and save 20 percent today don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to